Hey there! Did you know Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower-than-low prices? And when you download the Kroger app, you'll enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. And don't forget fuel points to help you save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. Want to save even more? With a Boost membership, you'll get double fuel points and free delivery. So shop and save big at Kroger today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, it's a better time than any. Sitting here working on all this stuff can really tire you out sometime. But it's a good tired. I mean, after all, it's all leading somewhere. So I don't really have any regrets in the matter. Now, before I start doing Vision, let's... No, Slockomania. Slockomania is part of uh, the Monster Fest, so... Let's see. Hmm, certain movies that I wanted to do. Hey, I covered these before. Oh, well, better go ahead and organize everything by doing a revisitation episode. And I think this is the right time to do it. Because, welcome to the J-Man Show here on K360 Radio. Hey, J360 Legion, how's it going? <laughs> this is the J-Man, of course, and welcome to episode 146 here on J360 Radio. You know something? A lot of people nowadays, see, this show's getting traction because people are starting to call me J-Man more, and not to mention, people ask me to yell it out at them. So it's like the funniest thing. Yeah, I, I never thought I'd get to that level where I start yelling, you know, welcome to, to the J-Man show at people, but hey, you know what? If it catches, it catches, right? So I'm going to go ahead and keep doing that for a while, but you know, after a while, the state police are going to be like, hey man, sound ordinance, and I'll be like, yep, yours authority. Well, I don't know. See, sometimes I can't help myself, especially when it's like somebody else's rule. And I'm at the main studio today, so I'm just sitting back in a... Working out a few things with certain films that need to be made. Uh, also, let's see. Um, the mini bite landed the other day. I apologize for those of you that haven't been catching them. Because uh, sometimes automation is supposed to work. But then there's times where it doesn't work. <laughs> so one way or another, you know, you have to step in. You have to be like, alright, it should have landed over here instead of over there. And see what well, the updates around here and the various ways of working on J360 Productions. You know, things are trial and error right now. But they're going to be going smooth after a while. They usually do. So you figure that's just the way it goes. And usually this show is supposed to be on Wednesdays. But it's on tonight because of an unfortunate issue. So I had to kind of shift the shows this week. So while we went ahead and covered all the bases on that. I do want to let you all know, Schlockomania is happening next week. Yeah, instead of this week. Because I don't want to go ahead and repeat certain movies at you. And because that's not fair for the older episodes. And at the same time, it feels like a jip for a lot of you. Even though at the same time, your um, opinions and views on things change with time and age. Like, you know, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, for instance. A lot of us hated it, but when you take a good look back at it, You'll realize that they were just cheapening out on things because they went to some very exotic locations. And not to mention, like, when you... It, it should have been the turtles in suits, right? Like, like the way the suits looked, they were just... Ugh. 
Especially compared to, like, the first two. And you see as, um, the only thing that that movie has going for it, outside of the awkward, um, vibe that you get from Michelangelo and the, uh, villager woman, I mean the villager woman, uh, you know, the warrior woman from the village, what was her name, Misu? Outside of that creepy vibe, you know, you kind of, you kind of look at it as like, the only thing going for this movie is that the turtles use their weapons a lot more. You know, they didn't use them in the second one that much. Due to parents groups and watchdogs out there that say, This is too violent. The first movie was was dark and, and everything. That's because it was based off the comics. And not only that, it was a damn good film. You know, speaking of which, that movie just celebrated its anniversary. I need to go ahead and pop it in and just sit back and watch it. And while I'm saying pop it in, I'm sure some of y'all are snickering, saying, oh yeah, he still uses uses uh, blank media and all that. You know, here's the thing, right? A lot of y'all are on them servers and crap, running them to the grindstone. Me, on the other hand, nah. I'm going to have my stuff on DVD and Blu-ray, folks. Just go ahead, sit back, pop it in. It doesn't bother me much. Got to go ahead and put some life in my knees anyway. I'm getting old. Well, sort of. You know, old age doesn't set in until you're, like, what, around 37? Which, by the way, some of y'all are 37 and getting up there, too. Might have to go get some oil to work out the kinks. I'm just saying. Just saying. Because <sighs> I'll see it eventually, just not anytime soon. But, you know, outside of that, though, you know, I'm looking at this right now. Like, I remember covering Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I could not redeem that film with, a, with any sort of announce because there was just too much going on in it, man. Too many characters. It came at a zenith point in the series where, you know, we're at Mortal Kombat 4 and then they decided to do Mortal Kombat mythologies and all these side stories and, you know, and then every single character had to get in this movie. Even Noob Saibot got in the movie and, like, you wouldn't have noticed that unless you really paid attention to the part where he came out of Ermac's body and then you're like, Ermac's in the movie too? Well, he was. He didn't really do much. And then Rain, Rain got knocked into the uh, the pit by Shao Kahn. And Shao Kahn was just reduced to a pathetic crybaby throughout the movie. Well, technically, yeah. And then, oh yeah, this, this was a good one. Shao Kahn and Raiden were brothers. Where the hell were they going with the script, man? It was bad. Like, you know, if you look at the first one. And then you see the end of it, like, where Shao Kahn appears, and he's like, you know, he looks like a friggin' demon and stuff, and he's like, you weak, pathetic fools, I come for your souls, and then all that hype build up, and you're like, yes, finally, we're gonna get somewhere, we're gonna get the story of Mortal Kombat 2, but you see, the thing is, it took time between the production takes, and then Mortal Kombat 3 came out, and then Mortal Kombat 4 came out, and then all of a sudden, they had to merge all this stuff together, and then it was an algorithm of mess. And then not to mention, Liu Kang was pretty damn whiny in this one, in contrast to the way he was in the first one. Now, now I get it, I get it. In the hero's journey, sometimes, the hero can be world-weary. The hero can be tired. The hero doesn't want to really deal with this kind of crap. But there has to be those insurmountable odds in them circumstances, such as Katana getting kidnapped, to actually put him in the situation that he is. He has to go ahead and take his stance again and go back and put his armor on and go to war. And you see, the thing is... He had to find a certain technique in order to get himself better, which is his animality. And he managed to learn that by getting whacked in the head by a Nightwolf, which was a very funny scene, by the way. 
Because, I mean, there's a fast way and a slow way. And boy, as soon as he he wore him out, we never saw Nightwolf again at the end of that scene. But it, it was like, yeah, okay. So this this is what he's supposed to learn after all that he did in the first movie. He still has guilt and regret. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess there is that moment where you kind of have the, those feelings. Even if you succeeded in something, there was still something a little off. So it's just one of them kind of things you think about. I guess. Let me think about my own uh, history. Hmm. Hmm. Nope, nope, nope. I kicked a lot of ass growing up. Uh, Needless to say, well, you win some, you lose some, but still, I did kick a lot of ass. Uh, But outside of that, though, I mean, the fights were pretty good. Uh, I wish there was a little bit more, um, a little bit more Sub-Zero in the movie than what we got, but, you know, he managed to fight against Scorpion. We never saw Scorpion again at the end of that. Hell, we never even saw Sub-Zero again at the end of that bout. Even though that was like one of the best fights in the movie. And then uh, God knows what Jax was doing to himself. All it seemed like Jax was capable of doing was showing up. Like, like you remember Ahmed Johnson back in WWE? Like, you know, the thing is, he was big, he was strong. But the thing is, he, he really had no character and no personality. Didn't bring nothing to anything, even when he was brought into, like, the Nation of Domination. And just pretty much just... You know, you're like, oh, that, oh, it's Ahmed Johnson. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, like this character here, one way or another, he's a badass in the video games, but in that movie, that just didn't do him justice. Even for the guy that playing as him, he, he's just getting his ass kicked every time. The only time he ever really wins a fight is when he was punching that demon monster to save Sonya. And even then, the demon monster looked like he was enjoying it the whole time. He's like, yeah, yeah, go lower. Go lower, strong black man. Hit me in the right spot. Oh, man, that feels good. And then it vanished away. If you really look at this movie, once again, I would say, like, you sit back and go ahead and laugh. As a matter of fact, you should laugh at all the ones I got on this list. Because, I mean, like, he was getting his ass kicked. And then... Motaro came in there, ripped the cybers off of him, and threw him down. And then, and then instead of like, if, if it's really Motaro, Motaro would just kick your ass, would just kill you, wipe you out. But then he said, Well, that's your weapons. You are no match for Motaro. And threw him down, and that was it. And then the guy just sat there. He's like, I need to be confident in myself. I need to be better than what I am. I'm like, Dude, you're in the military. You, 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 you know, you're a major. You, you should be already confident. You lead people. I mean, damn, man. Like, like when you really think about it, how strong do you need to be? It's just as bad as anything else. But eventually he did learn his lesson. I mean, everybody has to have a story arc. You're never really this super badass until the end of the movie, right? So, you know, maybe, maybe that was it. But it was a lot of lazy writing with that one. Okay, I also covered Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. I like Forever to a point. To a point. I didn't care for Nicole Kidman's acting, and um, I think it was cool to finally see Robin on an actual movie, played by Chris O'Donnell. Did that right. That that was okay. Uh, Jim Carrey as Riddler, not too bad, but you can still see that he's still in the uh, hyped-up phase from his uh, Ace Ventura time. You know, in, in contrast to the actual Riddler in the comic books that's very sadistic and, you know, death, death-defying games of chance with him. I mean, they were there, but at the same time, it was, like, eh, kind of hokey in places. But it was the 90s, so, you know, you can kind of get away with it a little bit. And then, of course, Tommy Lee Jones is Two-Face. Hmm. 
Not bad. Not bad. I thought it was kind of interesting at the end where they threw all them coins at him and he fell down to his... Did he fall down to his death or did he just fall down? Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. But, you know, the movie was... um, the movie was okay. It's just, you know, it's just one of them kind of things. It had a lot to live up to after the first two films. And to be honest with you, the lighter tone was appreciated to a point because Batman Returns sometimes was kind of was kind of a strange movie. I mean, like, I love it. I'll, I'll love it forever. It's one of the best Christmas movies I watch. But, yes, it does count, damn it. It does. Just like Die Hard. Okay? Yeah, I said it. And I'll say it again, too. And if you don't like it, get your own damn show. Now, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm totally okay with it. Now, Batman and Robin, however, boy, that was a hit or miss. It was definitely a miss. It, it sucked. It, it stinks. It bites. It blows. Moving forward, though, you know, just like Superman 3 and 4, I still to this day do not understand exactly what Richard Pryor's role in Superman 3 was. I sit there and I'm like, is he a good guy? Is he the bad guy? Is 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 he is he just in the way? And maybe that's the point. Maybe he's just in the way. And why don't they have just Jackie Gleason pop in there a couple of times too, and they can reenact their lines from that movie, The Toy, which uh, you know, which is a much better film. Yeah, I'll say it. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Didn't didn't really really care for three. And then you take a look at four, and you're like, wow, four is not much better. The, the 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 man with the 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 clone of Superman with those big fingernails and 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 the mullet, just just pretty much a white trash copy. I mean, if they wanted to do something like that, why didn't they just run with getting Bizarro in the movie? They could have done something a little bit better than that. Oh, and then Superman still had to get to that peace conference in time, didn't he? To go ahead and talk about how nuclear arms is not good for the world. Yes, because it is the quest for peace. Ugh. Shudder, shudder. I'm hurt. I'm hurt on the inside. And I cannot redeem neither one of those films. Let's see, Doom. Well, you all know how I feel about Doom. I love the video game series. The movie was more or less just cut and paste generic um, stereotype. You can think of any sort of military grunt stereotype in a futuristic world or on a different planet. And pretty much you have the Doom movie. And this is the one with the rock in it. That latest one that came out didn't seem too bad. Because they did borrow elements from the games a little bit more. Even though this one did too. Because the best thing going for that original Doom movie was the first person sequence. I thought that was badass. I didn't have a problem with it. However, it was, um, yeah. However, it's just like, you know, I didn't care about anybody in the movie. I didn't even care about the main guy being Doom guy. Which, you know, no disrespect to Carl Urban. Great character actor, and I mean, he gives his all in everything he does. Have you seen Dread? Dread was good. I would have loved to have had a follow-up to Dread, but, you know. Actually, are we getting that series? Because I hope it's still on the table. Because there's a lot of potential in that franchise. But, as for Doom, no, I could not redeem it. And it's a video game movie, so, you know, sometimes you look at it like this. Video game movies don't work out! Explain Sonic to me, then. But then again, you do get a little bit that actually succeed. Like Sonic, Prince of Persia, and Double Dragon. I'm kidding on that last one because Double Dragon is the next move we're going to talk about. Double Dragon, you know, uh, based off of the beat-em-ups and stuff. Like, it was, um, it, was, it would have been a better film, like, say, like, if Brandon Lee was still living and he was cast in there as Billy Lee instead of Scott Wolf. 
Because Scott Wolf, all Scott Wolf did was run around. He ran away from the fights. Now, if you played the games like I played the games, you don't have time to run. You don't even have a place to run. You're going to fight. You're going to beat the hell out of any thug that gets in your way. And then, of course, there's always going to be that one thug that hides in the background, either has a knife or some sort of projectile, and throws it at you as soon as you drop your guard. And as soon as you drop your guard, you might as well be down. Or you hope that your second player or your buddy will show up and take the knife for you and then be like, don't worry, I'll avenge you, even though you're not going to. And you just beat the living crap out of every single gang member around because you have to get the highest score. And, you know, eventually, in, like, some circumstances and ports of the game, you do have to fight against your brother because your brother probably was leading the gang the whole time, which they actually did in the movie. So, you know, like, when he became possessed by uh, Kogashuka, which, at the same time, is kind of a cool rap name. You know what? I think I might claim it, even though I don't rap for anything. I am Kogashuka. Yeah, that's badass. I'm going to hold on to that. But, you see... When he possessed him, and then they fought at the end of the movie, that actually did take place, I think, in the NES port. Yeah, yeah, it did take place in the NES port. And it was also an animated series, if you've ever watched it back in the day. I had plenty of time to watch a lot of animation stuff growing up, so needless to say, I, I remember it. He was the Shadow Boss, not Shadow Master. That came a lot later. But uh, outside, you know, and that movie, I kind of, you know, it's like a Saturday film. It's like one of those movies you just look at, it's like on, and you just sit there and you're like, hmm, okay. Like, this ain't going to win any points or anything, but yeah, it was all right. All right. <laughs> and, you know, as you can see, as you can see, I'm trying to give a benefit of the doubt because a lot of these things, my taste did kind of change over a while. But, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I'll give that one a small pass yeah not hard pass you know whatever you know, you know what i mean i'm moving on of course masters of the universe now this one surprised me see a lot of people they like this movie a lot of us are hoping for like the new stuff to come out and there's been a lot of premises and things thrown around and it's also the animated stuff has been re-released and i need to go ahead and grab that because that stuff is damn near affordable now it's not up there anymore <laughs> i need to get that in she-ra but you see, and the thing about this movie is, and me and my uh, co-worker argue about it all the time. We talk, we try to talk about like whether it was a good movie or not. And as usual, it depends on your opinion. Now, while the movie didn't have certain original characters in it, it did have He-Man, did have Tila, though it's questionable what they've done in there. It had Man-at-Arms, but of course you have Gwildor, though, instead of Orko. But you see, the thing is, they went with that because Orko is a, you know, he's a floating majestic creature, whereas, like, they couldn't really work it out. It was 1983, so, you know, you got to give it a little bit of a doubt, but one way or another, they could have figured out a way to work it. They could have had, like, a low-flying puppet if they could, but I figure that the, the man who uh, worked behind this, or a lot of the people in the production staff, they probably didn't think of it at the time, or they probably spent a lot of the budget on different things. And they kind of did. Because the final battle. For the final battle alone. The um, director had to pay out of his own pocket. Which was. You can see why the close up shots were kind of awkward. <laughs> and not to mention. like Things were faded. It was created for what it was. And for me. I liked it for, what, for a cult film. Because one way or another. The bad guy won. Throughout all that crazy stuff in the series. Skeletor actually won. As soon as he managed to gain possession of Castle Grayskull, it was over, man. 
it was one of those things that really didn't happen in the show much. You know, he got close, but he never claimed it. In the movie, he claimed it. Now, the rest of it, where uh, He-Man and company go to Earth and everything, you could tell they were just writing around production costs, because I'm sure Eternia would have cost a whole lot of money just to run through. And I'll still watch it to this day. And then, moving along, of course, you got Spider-Man 3. I've already made my piece with it, so I'm not even going to go into it. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. I love Spider- Amazing Spider-Man 1, because it had the lizard in it, and the battle sequences were awesome. But, uh, uh, you know, Amazing Spider-Man 2. I liked Electro's story arc, but at the same time, it was just a mismatch and a hodgepodge of all sorts of different things. And as you're trying to build the Spider-Verse, that is not the way you do it. And Sony has learned from their mistakes because they got some interesting things coming along the way, along with Venom, Morbius, and, of course, um, Spidey's back in the MCU, so nothing to worry about there. So I won't even delve into it. And then you got Crawl. Crawl was a... Uh, Crawl was cool. Like, I know it didn't do so well in its beginning. Quite a lot of these films didn't do so well, that's why we're talking about them. But you see, the thing is with Crawl... Crawl had that mix of high fantasy and a sci-fi setting. And it dealt with a prince having to find a mystical weapon so he could save his lady love from this intergalactic beast that just tried to destroy a whole bunch of things. And granted, the beast wiped out both his family and her family. So there's hell to pay. So he had like his whole band of merry men to join him on this quest. But you see, the thing is, he didn't need to find the glaive. And then as he found the glaive, the glaive wasn't going to work for him. Because when he used it against the beast, it got stuck in the beast. But it turned out that his lady love had mystical powers, and she could control flame. So one way or another, the damn thing was going to burn up and die. And they did. And I thought it was alright. Like, the characters were um, interesting. And when you watch, like, it, the different scenarios involved, it's actually right up your alley. Like, it's good for any of you that want to do, like, high fantasy writing. And then, of course, you got Dune. Dune is, uh, yeah. Mm. Dune is one of those things that, you know, you can't do in one day. Dune will takes like, two months, man. Especially how thick that book is, and not to mention all the other sequels to it. Dune is one of those things that's, like, it's amazing that they're able to even make a damn two-hour film to it. And then, you know, Kyle MacLachlan, before his um, time on Twin Peaks, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome. So it's one of those things you either love it or hate it, but you should watch it to see what it is. And then Robin Leach did what he could. So give him a benefit of the doubt. Microwave Massacre, that movie was just funny. I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Just watch that movie. It's, it's, it's funny. Especially at the end when you find out the guy had a pacemaker the whole time. So every time he used... Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Uh, Sleepaway Camp, the one movie that scared J-Man. Yeah, go ahead and watch it. Uh, Lawnmower Man 1 and 2. Some of these movies that are based off of uh, Stephen King's properties, they're either hit or miss. Like, not everything is going to be Firestarter, Christine, Cujo, and, of course, Salem's Lot. And then, not to mention It and the remakes to It. You know what I'm saying? Those, those are great. But then you got certain films that are kind of bizarre, like Sleepwalkers. Though, at the same time, Sleepwalkers is kind of a cult, kind of a cult hit. I, I liked it to a point, but I had to get in the mood to really watch it because, you know, moms and, and, and sons should not be doing what they do in it, you know? And at the same time, they were weird-looking cat people, and it turned out that cats are actually their weakness. So, you know, that kind of makes it interesting. But you see, with Lawnmower Man, though, 
what happens when you do the flowers for Algernon syndrome on a mentally retarded man and turn him into a genius and still find a way to mistreat him, even though he has developed the ability of ESP and ways to use your science against you and kill everyone you know and become something more than human? A little more man. <laughs> and indeed, like they experimented on that poor boy and they just turned him into something fierce, man. But then you see the second one, and the second one had Matt Fewer in it, and more or less, the, it's like looking at Max Headroom gone crazy. So, you know, like these these right here, that's just cult films, and they're enjoyable. I like it for what they are. So I redeemed those. Chopping Mall. If you have not seen Chopping Mall, I, I guarantee you go ahead and you fire it up on Amazon Prime right now. And then also, I have some movies to cover. Let's see, Ninja Three: The Domination. That sounds like a that sounds like an adult film, really. Like, like you know, could you imagine like ninjas dominating something? And then, oh man, actually, I remember that film too. I was a kid when that yeah, I was a kid when that came out because um, it had the girl from Breaking in it, and she eventually gets possessed by the spirit of an evil ninja, and some way or another, like when she goes out into the world. She becomes this assassin. She starts wiping out the cops that killed the the ninja originally. Even though it seemed like no bullets on Earth could actually stop that damn guy. And then it also had um, Shokazagi in it. And he he's somebody that played in a lot of the other ninja movies too. Because this is from the canon group. So, you know, they made a lot of anthology stuff for what they, they've done. And right off the bat... I need to find those other two films so I can sit back and, you know, look at the trilogy as a whole and quote on the word trilogy. And then, of course, there's Robo Vampire, where you have this this Robocop knockoff that actually goes about slaying Chinese vampires. It is so ridiculous and over the top. And if you actually put in the uh, words for it, you can see, like, the poster. And obviously, they love Robocop over there because, I mean, it, it's sort of familiar to them. I'm like, hey, Murphy's still doing the work, isn't he? Because Lord knows we can't make a RoboCop sequel around here. We try, though. We try. But from what I can tell, it's just one of those funny things. And then, of course, you got Cyber Ninja, too. Now, that movie, that movie reminded me a lot of Guyver and any anime I used to watch growing up. Or even The Cayman Rider. And, and, or, or I could go ahead and put um, Power Rangers on there, too. Yeah, yeah, I could. Because more or less, a guy loses his life, but his soul gets put into this um, machinic, uh, robotic uh, sort of um, creature thing. It was a lot to it. And then his brother's out there to revenge him, but his brother is also hunting him. Because he doesn't know that his brother is actually the Cyber Ninja. And then not only that, the creatures that were in the movie actually make it watchable. So it was a very destructive, um, a lot of destruction in it, but at the same time, you're, you're rooting for the hero the whole time. And you're hoping that uh, everything evens out. Of course, the ending kind of kind of open-ended. Because it seemed like the little brother finds out in the end, but he never can ever meet with his brother again. So that was actually pretty bittersweet. And then, of course, you got Sleepwalking, which is a movie about, you know, women out there in the night pulling tricks, trying to get that rent due. You know what I mean? Another customer paying his way. To help them all get get busy and all that shagadelic action. Yeah, as I go about saying that, um, (laughs) 
It was made by Roger Corman, the same director who made um, Chopping Mall. So if you ever like look at Chopping Mall and you hear this theme song in the back, and they're like, sleepwalking, that was actually the theme song for that movie. So, mm-hmm. It's definitely, it definitely doesn't fit in with the kids dancing, but at the same time, it's like, so he's still trying to get some royalties off of that movie, huh? And Melissa Leo in it, and if you know who she is, this is her during her early phase, so apparently, uh, yeah. The plot really doesn't support anything, and I'm not going to waste time telling you it. Because, I mean, it's just... Girls out there on the street pulling tricks and, and a pimp high on cocaine is trying to wipe out one of them. And I totally just described you the plot, so I totally contradicted myself. Now, ain't that a damn shame? Don't believe him. There you go. Anyway, moving forward. Oh, hey, Yellow Summary's on the list. Now, see, I like the Beatles, so this this will be all right. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's um hmm, quite interesting that See, I, I work on this list from time to time. But yeah, Le- Yellow Submarine was actually a hit, wasn't it? It wasn't a uh, lackluster film. I mean, I know that the Beatles didn't initially like it. But when they looked at it, they actually enjoyed it. And for the way the songs were used from the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Band soundtrack, it actually worked out for the film. And I watch it periodically because I love animation, man. And not to mention, in order to get through life sometimes... I love listening to uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and Eleanor Rigby, along with a bit of um, All You Need Is Love. And that's true. A lot of people need it. Yeah, I need it especially because, my God, I'm going through a hateful period in my life. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But if I ever was, though, I'd be the one that would need it. But you see some of these movies here. Oh, wait. Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. See, I remember seeing that as a kid, and honestly, though, it was nice for a CG film, but it didn't hold a candle to, like, it should have just been called Spirits Within or something. It didn't need the Final Fantasy name on it, and considering who I am and what I have to do, or need to do, I should say, I'm going to watch it again. Matter of fact, that'll be the first film on Slockomania. Yeah, I have so many titles and events around here, guys. Like, sometimes I'm still trying to grasp on it. But I know exactly what the event's going to be from here on out. At least until we get to episode 150. So you see, one uh, more right off the bat here. Like, that that was okay, but then they went ahead and they did Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, which was a much better film. I wish they would go ahead and do one for, like, at least all of them, you know? Because I think, what, the only ones that have, like, any sort of property based on them is that one, seven, and I know, I know, I know five has, like, OVAs. They have OVAs based off of uh, Final Fantasy V, but they need to go ahead and do one for nine. They need to go ahead and do one for six. And while they're at it, go ahead and do one for 12. Because I managed to take a look at 12, and, you know, honestly, it grew on me. I don't have a problem with Final Fantasy twelve anymore. But outside of that, though, I've talked your ear off uh, enough. I mean, pretty much. I'm just letting you guys know that we're going to have a pretty good event. We're going to get some things lined up. I didn't want to talk about what was going on at the day job, and I didn't want to talk about, you know, the invisible plague that surrounds us because, you know, honestly, we all need an escape. And these movies, when I do this, 
It's not about whether the movies are good or bad. It's about how watchable they are and what I could recommend to you all. And then there's sometimes where the mainstream critics out there, they get it wrong. Like sometimes these movies don't even get a fair shake because there's an agenda to push one other movie out there. You see it all the time. You see where Rotten Tomatoes flip-flops. You see where certain people that are content creators are paid off to go ahead and give what is not necessarily the best showing a huge, beyond huge, positive review. And you've seen it with maybe the Star Wars sequel trilogy, and you've seen it with some MCU films. You've seen it with, you know, a lot of things regarding whatever franchises are out here. And that includes the Dark Universe, too, because honestly, The Mummy could have been a much better movie than what it was. I mean, it's not going to hold a candle to the Steven Summers films, or even the classic Universal films. But at the same time, though, it's like, you know, if you're going to establish a universe, you don't have to throw all of the universe at us. Just go ahead and do your one story, is what I'm saying. So you just go ahead and you lay it out, this whole thing differently. We'll catch on. We're the audience. We've invested in it. Just give us something that takes us out of our ordinary lives and makes us care about the ones that are involved and then give us the big payoff in the end. And then you can go ahead and tie up to see exactly what that next level will be. And then you can up the stakes and then hopefully, hopefully, it'll sell well. And maybe maybe with things shutting down, maybe this is kind of a... Uh, you know, kind of a eye-opener or something that we need to learn a lesson from, I guess. I don't know. Maybe things are just different in a unique sort of way, and I'm totally rambling right now. <laughs> but that's what I do. Anyway, I'm going to get on out of here, guys. Uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. Uh, hopefully be back on the same time slot again. And then, who knows, the weekend is getting pretty, pretty broad right now. Maybe I could go ahead and do something special for you all. You know what I'm saying? But we'll have to see. And until then, this is the J-Man signing off, and you all take it easy, okay? Peace.